Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome. This is following on. You're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast. I'm John Norman. And alongside me, Neil Manthorpe, who has made his way back from India. Yes, we are broadcasting from the UK. Uh, That's just how it is. Uh, Manners, question for you. (laughs) Are you ready to laugh about your 18 hour stay in Delhi yet? Yeah, it was a challenge. Um, Did did you do any sightseeing? No, I didn't. Um, actually, it stayed in my hotel room, extended Sulking. the booking by twelve hours, <laughs> and had a couple of extra sleeps. So I, I was, I was great. Uh, Scott, um, our, Scott Taylor, our producer, and the rest of the team were wondering about. They were, they were given directions to a shopping mall, which turned out to be three shops and a, a restaurant, and so they wandered about for a while. While ha- I had a good kip. Uh, if viewers are unsure of why I'm talking about that is because the team decided that they didn't want a seven hour stopover in Delhi ahead of flying back to the we UK. We wanted an 18 hour one. <laughs> and that's what they got. Um, have you uh, have you stayed on India time or are you in UK time or South Africa time or that kind of just jet lag time? It's very strange um, because uh, obviously um, with the daylight hours um, and uh, I think I'm. I'm going to. I've been trying to stay on India time, um, but you know, and what I wasn't expecting uh, was the cold weather. I forgot that February in London is quite diff- different to Visakhapatnam. So I've been off to buy myself a new sweater and a puffer jacket, uh, and I'll be. I'll be all good. And now you're sweating up a, a treat. <laughs> Heating's good in this building. Um, Manners, I couldn't help but notice via your wonderful sub-stack column, but also by talking to you and listening to you. That you, and you captured it perfectly, but how excited were you going to the ground on day four when England was set 399? Um, <laughs> for some reason, we just all thought they were going to do it. I know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I, I went on and on about the fact that uh, that in all my previous experience in India and, in fact, anywhere else in the world, you you just... You know, the the conversation was always going to be about how painful the death would be, and how, how yeah. quick or slow it might be. But there was a real belief. And what was really interesting is hearing Shubman Gill. Do you remember at the end of the third day when Shubman Gill said, yeah. we're, we're about 70, 30 odds in our favour? And everybody was thinking, 
No, Shubman, <laughs> that's not 70-30. England need 399. <laughs> but that's the way that the game has been changed by uh, this new era of English cricket. And I am so thrilled and excited about Raj Cott. One of my favourite England test matches in the last two years, I think, was at Raul Pindi on a desperately slow mm. pitch when England forced the pace, yep. scored at six and over, pushed the game on, when any other team in the world, and I really mean that, would have said, oh, this is a draw. They probably would have, you know, packed the cards up metaphorically after three days and said, this is a draw. Nobody can get a result on this. And if, if Rajkot turns out to be like that, and it is, does have a reputation of being one of the flattest pitches in India, then the idea of, of Stokes and his team forcing the pace and making something happen just thrills me. I, I can't wait. I don't even mind the 4 a.m. starts. 4 a.m.? Are you having a yeah. <laughs> 3 a.m.? Good news for you, mate. We're on air at 3.30 on day one. Uh, that Raul Pindi victory, I, I was chatting to Mark Butcher when he made his way. He was commentating for TV there. Rob Key was out there, of course. He was part of... I don't know, he was commentating too. It was before he, he got the, the gig. Um, I think that was possibly the greatest of all the great victories that England have managed because Stokes' captaincy and the England team had to be perfect for five days. Yeah. To, to carve out result, they did that. Measured in terms of unlikeliness, mm. um, and uh, then I, I would agree with you. But I, I just found the whole thing completely compelling and, and thrilling. And, the, you know, there's maybe half a dozen test matches that I haven't been at that, I have, that have completely disrupted my life and I've like, missed meetings and, you know, left kids at school and, and that kind of thing. And the Royal Pendy test match was one of them. I mean, go back to... 2005 Ashes, you know, there was a there was a there was a month and a half of of having yeah. to reschedule things, um, but but you know the, because all of your instincts said even watching it um, from afar, watching it on TV, you thought you can't get a result on this. I mean, it's just like there was nothing happening, was there? The spin was so slow. Batsmen were playing spinners off the pitch. There was nothing in it for the seamers, and yet Stokes pushed and pushed and pushed. And then pushed again and got everyone else to push and, and score at the rate they did. It was just, just thrilling. Oh, it was incredible. Um, I was listening to Alan Brazil on The Breakfast Show this morning and he raised a point which I actually wasn't aware of. We just had a quick check of the, uh, of the odds. And uh, I know, shock horror, Alan Brazil looking at the odds uh, <laughs> ahead of a, a game. But he was at England actually our favourites in some markets to win the third test match, which, again, we followed this game for years but to be in this position now where after day two I'm pretty sure I wasn't alone in having that sinking (laughs) sinking feeling because it's all well and good trumpeting five test series right but after day two and you're thinking the gulf between our spinners and their batters looks so vast um you know and, and yet find ourselves now albeit off the back of an England defeat that England are favourites in some quarters to go on a win the series is is some turnaround I th- a, lot of, a lot is based obviously on the Indian personnel pr- issues and the fact that Virat Kohli's not there, Mohamed Shami's not there um, we've just heard that uh, Ravi Jadeja is fit to play um, but but you know there's some just some really big names, Shreyas Iyer has been dropped and it was really quite interesting and revealing that the VCCI um, never made any comment uh, and it was assumed that he was injured in fact um, turns out he's been dropped um, and he's like the next big star um, so really really um, 
fascinating, actually. And and again, the, you look at the numbers. England's spinners, with Jack Leach and without Jack Leach, have actually outbowled India's spinners, uh, which is is totally and utterly bonkers. How who would be a bookmaker these days? Because these guys are, have, you know, they've. They're, they're coming up with the odds. They're looking at the numbers. They're doing a statistical analysis. And then they're coming up with odds, which probably defy all of their cricketing instincts. Yeah. If bookmakers have cricketing instincts. And just mathematicians. Yeah. That's, uh, maths or instincts, it's the same thing. I, I, I love it. It's, it's incredible that we're at this stage of our careers and we're still marvelling at, <laughs> at cricket. Um, anyway. We are here in the UK, uh, but TalkSport does have a presence in India. Uh, so let's have a little uh, listen or watch. Cameron Ponsonby, TalkSport's man in the, in the camp uh, with the Daily Telegraph cricket writer and fine fellow, Will McPherson. Welcome to the SCA Cricket Stadium Rajkot, the soon-to-be-renamed SCA Cricket Stadium Rajkot. Those on YouTube might just be able to see over me and Will's shoulders the kind of outlines of a ceremony being put together. They're renaming it to the Naranjan Shah Cricket Stadium as of today, so some breaking news for you. Most importantly, though... I have Will McPherson from The Telegraph here with me, and he's going to tell us all about the news that we've just been told from Ben Stokes, which is that it's Markwood in Sherbyshire out for the third test. Yeah, just for one change for England. Um, the question, I suppose, was around Rayan Ahmed. He's had a bit of a visa issue over the last few days, but he's that's all been sorted this morning. He's been cleared to play. And from there, I think uh, I think we've no, the wind has been blowing towards Wood for Bashir as the one change, and that's what they've gone for. We were trying to work out whether the team had been decided... As of yesterday, Stokes said they'd picked a 12, but all hints kind of looked towards the fact it was going to go towards Mark Wood. Just before we did the press conferences, we'd been told no team had been decided yet. We saw McCullum and Stokes having a proper long look at the wicket, and lo and behold, two minutes later, they had a test. They had a team, and they decided what the 11 was going to be. I'm not sure if we completely bought that that was the final kind of parts of the jigsaw coming together, but it was very entertaining nonetheless. I think with England... The main news of the last week has probably been Jack Leach being ruled out for the remainder of the series. How big a blow is that to England? Or is it the case that actually they've got three spinners out here that they rate very highly and it could be that a change in the pecking order might be happening in front of our eyes? It reduces their options, definitely. When we left Vizag, I wasn't expecting Jack Leach to be fit for this game, but I thought he might be fit for Ranchi. He's obviously the, the, the injury did not improve. It was a pretty gruesome-looking knee he had, and it didn't improve despite having treatment every day in Abu Dhabi. So they've eventually decided just to put a fork in it and send him home. I still think actually that Leach, the England management hold Leach in the highest regard, and he think he is their first choice spinner I would expect as things stand that when we get to the first test of the summer which isn't until July that will still be the case but Tom Hartley, Rayan Ahmed and even Shah Bashir have an opportunity for the remainder of his tour to, to change that Hartley particularly I think has been impressive he obviously took nine for on his debut but he's batted really well which is something you know Leach has, has made some famous runs in the past a famous run um, but Hartley's clearly a superior batter to him so um, I I don't think there'll be a change of pecking order after this tour, but you never know. And, and it, it does reduce England's options. McCullum joked about... Well, joked? I don't know. He said that at one stage they might play four spinners. That is now off the table, unless Dan Lawrence comes into the team as a spinner. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if England do pick an extra seamer for the remainder of the series, actually. Darren Sharla is cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they'll pick, I think, at least two seamers there. Ranchi, who knows? But, and they've got two seamers here. Just on Jack Leach's injury... 
I was talking to the finest medical brain in all of cricket, Steve Harmison, during Hyderabad, and he was telling me that he'd had a hematoma during his career, and it was just a case of, like, get some physio in it, into you, and you'll be okay the following week. Has the severity of the injury taken England by surprise? Was the thought process that, A, he'll be fit for Vizag, and if not Vizag, with one more week, he'll definitely be fit for Rajkot? I think it has a little bit. I mean, Leach is kind of, he is famously unfortunate and injury prone and he's obviously got his Crohn's disease he takes medication around that all those kind of things I think generally his recovery from things is a little bit slower than than most players I think uh, he got through that uh, test in in Hyderabad on on adrenaline essentially and he actually bowled very nicely there uh, in given the circumstances he went a couple of couple and over took two wickets in the match even after the injury happened um, but I think it has taken them by surprise. I don't think when they left for Abu Dhabi, they were expecting that five or six days later they'd be ruling him out of the tour. It's very sad, really. Leach has had a tough year, to be honest. Um, but yeah, and, and he would have he would have come on this tour. They came on this tour thinking that he was going to be one of their main men, and he's in the end he's going to have taken two wickets on the whole tour. To focus on the players who are here and now, we kind of the most recent news story is that Ray Ahmed is successfully in the country. There was obviously there's been two visa problems for England this tour. They have been different though. This was a clerical error from England. That's, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think England need to uh, take this one on the chin. Essentially, to to have a player on a single in entry visa and and to take him out of the country without knowing that um, that seems very uh, naive at best. Uh, and yeah, a clerical error. I'd, Ben Stokes spoken to us. He's not looking to apportion brain blame, and it is sorted now, so that's all good. But for for Ahmed to get to the airport on in Rajkot on on Monday evening and learn that he wasn't actually allowed in the country is is not great. I think the Bashir one, uh, there's a sense that that was to do with his Pakistani heritage and England. The, the only error you could accuse him of on that one is not applying for a visa before he was in the squad. Nice. If they thought he might, but that you know that's stretching a bit. This one, Ahmed's had this visa for six months. From he, they, they got it for him for the World Cup when he was a reserve player. He never used it then. Um, so yeah, it, it, I think on England's part, this is a bit of a cock up, and they they, they need to take it on the chin. But it, it, it is sorted, and that is a relief. Um, you know, they, they've obviously had some cooperation from local authorities because he could easily have been leaving the country. You are the most well-informed man in the entirety of English cricket. What is your sense of the kind of mood in the English camp currently? Is everyone's spirits high after Abu Dhabi? Or 100 test matches for Ben Stokes? It's kind of the great uh, contradiction of uh, this test match. Stokes hates the kind of individual kind of attention, but we're all here going, celebrating him for this amazing milestone. Uh, Ollie Pope told us that for Joe Roots... Uh, 100th test they all watched kind of montages of Root scoring hundreds and hundreds of runs I would love to see kind of how uncomfortable Stokes <laughs> would be in that similar position maybe happening later today but in general how is the vibe and how, what's the news from the camp been? Yeah I, I, when we left Vizag I, I can't remember an England defeat like it really um, in the you know kind of A it was still one all and that was they would have bitten your hand off for one all after two tests let's be honest but B they they did so much right in Vizag they had a pretty good go at chasing 3-9-9 the game in the third innings never quite got away from them generally they just played quite well and they they are competing with India so you know I've seen England lose some games away from home on, on tours before and I can't remember one like that I think the mood is positive they've had this break I think I wouldn't underestimate the value of a bit of time with families a bit of time out of India for for a cricketer is a bit like being in a goldfish bowl. You are, you know, it, it, people even ask us for selfies. I mean, you know, it, it, for for them it is it's crazy. Um, and I think uh, when they first when I first learnt that they were going to go to Abu Dhabi in the break, I was 
I thought, mm, I'm not sure about that. You mm. should probably stay staying in India. Now they've done it. And when they went, I was actually, by the time they went, I was very comfortable with it. I think it'll be good for them. Uh, and now they've got a month of really tough cricket. They're, they're in this series. They're competing against India. India still look undermanned. Um, still a weak-looking India team. They've got an amazing opportunity. Uh, and I, I think the mood is kind of positive. That Some of these guys had good experiences in Rajkot eight years ago. They didn't win, but Stokes got 100. Root got 100. Best got some runs. Um, they know it's quite a flat pitch. They love those kind of, like, think back to Raul Pindi. They love these games where you have to get the hands dirty. In previous eras, England would have accepted a draw in a game like this and then moved on to Ranchi. Not this team. They're going to do everything they can to force a win. Um, and they kind of embrace, in, in, a, in a way that teams, England teams of the past have moaned about pitches, about conditions. This lot don't do it. I don't think they think differently and they see it as an opportunity. Remarkably, we heard reports that there was actually very little golf in Abu Dhabi as well. But that's all to come later on. The test starts on Thursday. Set your alarms to be up bright and early for all the coverage on TalkSport. If you're listening to this in the next three hours from when we're recording it, we're at the SCA Cricket Stadium. If you're listening to it from that point on- onwards, it's the Naranjan Shah Cricket Stadium. Make sure to get all your cricket action at TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel and the following on podcast and the radio and all the good places. See you then. So Cameron will be conducting all the interviews for the next couple of test matches from or from India for Talk Sport. Um, and it's always good to hear Will as well. You know, the pitch. Um, ben Stokes, we'll hear from him shortly. England have played a race court. You've had a little look at a, quite an interesting game that took place in 2016. They weren't playing uh, anywhere other than Ahmedabad and Chennai uh, when Talk Sport had the rights to the series in 2021. I, I mean, I love this. This is one of my favourite things about cricket. Um, you know, I watched the first session of the second test match in Hamilton, where we were at the start of last year for a warm-up game. And the commentary team were gobsmacked by South Africa's decision to go in with two spinners, whereas New Zealand had dropped Mitchell Santner and bat first when New Zealand were always going to bowl first. And here we are at the end of day two, and New Zealand have been bowled out for 221 or 211 They've given up 40 runs on first innings. Dane Pete, you know, I thought he was playing, going to be playing for, him, for, for the USA at the, at the T20 World Cup later this year. He's taken a fiver on his return to the side. It's incredible, isn't it, that even after all these years, we talk about the game, you know, marvelling at the game, but we just don't know, do we? We're guessing, we're looking, we're summarising, we're suggesting, but essentially, until we start play. We actually don't know what's going to happen. And that, for me, is one of the wonderful things about Test cricket. The unpredictability. And that's exactly why, that's exactly why we love it. And the fact that it can turn and twist and uh, change direction. And um, South, Africa, South Africa's D team includes... A th- it's not a D... I've heard you say this. Like I've done the maths, Manners, And I think I heard you say that 56 players were not available for selection, Right. So there's 11 players in the test side. So that is A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> this is a South Africa F side. Well, not no, all... no disrespect. I'm just using the instinct stroke maths. OK, well, not all of those 56 players would have been um, test cricketers. Uh, so they're... But uh, it doesn't matter, C or D team. We'll go with D. Um, including a 37-year-old leg spinner in Sean van Berg. Um, who, as you mentioned earlier, looks more like a, a, a rugby hooker than um, he, he's uh, um, stoutly proportioned. And he's been taking wickets for years and years and years and uh, just 
doing his job, living quietly in Bloemfontein, playing for the Knights, and and never, ever dreamed. In fact, he didn't get a contract two years ago when the first-class system was restructured in South Africa. Nobody wanted him. Uh, there was no place for him. He had to, to beg and... Uh, bribe his way into one of the squads in in the in the um, second division, and and here he is um, playing a test match. Love it, love it. Uh, there is of course a big milestone coming up. Not that Ben Stokes cares about such things. Hundredth <laughs> test for Ben Stokes. Uh, there's can't be too many all rounders that have managed that. By the way, uh, he has been speaking to Talksport. Uh, let's hear what he had to say. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ben Stokes, we're a day out from the test match. Have you decided on an 11? Uh, yeah, we've got one change from last week. Uh, Mark Wood comes in for uh, Shoei Bashir. And why have you made that decision? Uh, I think you know we had a good look at the wicket yesterday. We wanted to, to leave it till the day before, uh, as we have done throughout the series. Um, and yeah, we just feel like giving ourselves the best chance would be bringing another seamer in this week. So what did you see on the pitch today that has made you come to that decision that it wasn't quite where yesterday? Um, I mean, I think taking a little bit of information from the last test match we played here, albeit it was a very long time ago, um, but it was sort of the, uh, the, the probably the truest wicket. Um, and yeah, we, we feel like we'll be able to, I don't know, like just exploit the, the conditions more with um, bringing Woody in um, and having two seamers rather than just having the one this week. And take it, this means Ryan Ahmed's visa issues all sorted? Yeah, that's all done. Um, you know, I think obviously since, since getting here, as I said uh, before, the, the gentleman at the, uh, at the airport did a great job in, in getting him his 72-hour visa and then everyone behind the scenes who put the hard work in to get Ryan um, his visa for us the trip. So yeah, that's uh, not an issue we have to worry about anymore. One of the mainstays of this group has been backing people all the way. How difficult a conversation was that with Sherb that he was going to have to sit out for this one? Um, well, look, I, Baz does all the, the good news and the bad news, um, and that's just sort of how we try and keep it, um, you know, very fluid throughout. Um, but uh, Baz is, will be speaking to all the guys there, so I've just walked out. Uh, we decided what we went, and then I came over and spoke to you blokes there. But look, 
Um, I'm sure you know there's obviously reasons as to why we've done it and um, Bash will take it on the chin but I thought shouldn't take anything away from the performance he put in last week and I'm sure we'll have more opportunities throughout the rest of the tour. A huge backing of those three spinners has been the fact that with Jack Leach unfortunately out for the rest of the series you've decided not to bring up anyone else from outside the squad. Was that a difficult decision? Was there conversations about potentially getting someone on the phone? Uh, no it wasn't I mean that's just you know we didn't feel like we needed to I think it would be an unnecessary um, sort of decision that we'd have to make um, you know we, we fully back the other spinners that we've got out here and um, hopefully we don't have to um, you know go down the route having to call anyone up because um, obviously if we do that means that someone's you know probably got an injury so touch wood that doesn't happen uh, On a personal level 100 test matches it's an amazing achievement how have you reflected on it personally? Um, well, not too much I think it's yeah, look, it's it's all about just everything coming up. You know, it's uh, obviously you know a huge achievement. You know, playing playing 100 Test matches. Um, you know, it's tough. It's over a long period of time, but um, hopefully there's plenty more to come. And Ollie Pope told us yesterday that for Joe Root's 100th Test match, there was a bit of a montage going on. Do you know if there's any plans to watch the highlights <laughs> of Ben Stokes the rest of today? Uh, I've got no idea. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Do you, do you personally have a favourite? innings or favourite match of your own performance where you look back and go you know that was the one that really felt special um, well, I think one of my favourite games that I've been part of was probably Cape Town in 2019 um, day 5 finish right at the very end and um, you know I, I sort of judge my sort of performances on, on what influence they have on the game and you know throughout that test match um, you know I had a pretty good game as an all rounder uh, got some runs and um, t- took some wickets and, and we ended up winning the game so yeah I think that one and finally um, the kind of narrative of this series was expecting five pitches that were really going to spin loads from day one that hasn't been the case at all really How are we, what are we expecting from this wicket for the next four or five days um, yeah I think you've always got to come here with you know the fact that um, the conditions are going to suit the spinners but not having that set in your mind as that's what it's going to be um, obviously, the the first wicket we came up against, you know, that, that spun from day one, and um, then the second wicket was different. You know, it sort of took it longer for the spin to come into the game more. And this wicket again, we're we're just going to have to wait and see what happens and, and adjust to whatever conditions sort of um, you know present itself in front of us. Ben Stokes speaking with Cameron Ponsonby, uh, and as you'd imagine, kind of batting away the the hundred test milestone moment. Um, but you know, when you consider the impact he's had on this England cricket team um, it's it's uh, it's, marv- it's it's incredible he's of course suffered like we all have in life some uh, off field dramas um, I think there were quite a few who would have bet against him registering 100 tests earlier on in his career but I mean he's given us some of the most wonderful moments over the last 12 to 18 months uh, the Ashes is just around the corner, by the way, so there is more to come. But as impact players go, I, I struggle to think of too many players um, that that match him. You know, whether it's from captaincy, whether it's from fielding, whether it's from bowling, whether it's from batting, whether it's from just introducing an ethos to a team in a way that you've never seen before. He's just changed so many uh, complexions of this cricket team over the last few years. And, you know, he might not want to celebrate the 100 moment, but it gives us a good opportunity to do so. 
It does, and I think that he'll be remembered as one of the England greats. Uh, Harmy and I were, were Steve Harmison and I were discussing this a couple of days ago, um, and it seems premature two years into his reign as uh, as Test captain to introduce him into the discussion about the greatest of all time. But I don't think it is premature. I think that him and, and Brendan McCullum have changed the game of Test cricket. I think they've done so on a global platform, and I think that we'll look back and many years ago, long after we're gone, um, the your future generations will look back at this era as the time that, uh, that Test cricket changed. And it's interesting, you said not many would have put him down for 100 Test matches I, I was amongst those. I didn't think he'd play 100 test matches, but I made the mistake, talk about a misjudgment, of thinking that that would have been out of choice. I, I, I didn't, I didn't realise just how passionate he, he was and would become about test cricket. And that, for me, is, is the, the big difference. Um, I know that central contracts, and, and, well, he's only got one year, didn't he? He turned down a three-year central contract. But he, he could nonetheless have focused on making a great deal of money and who could have begrudged him for that instead of which I mean he's he's well off um, you know he's not struggling but he's instead dedicated his cricket career to playing test cricket which I think um, is one of the reasons that he'll be remembered uh, as one of the the great players of all time and it's funny how we you know he's played these probably four or five career defining innings and we always think of his batting but I'm glad that he points to Cape Town 2020 as one of his favourite chess matches because his contributions with the ball have been have been extraordinary I mean the 135 not out at Headingley with the Jack Leach one not out was only possible because he bowled 12 overs of bounces on the on the third day or the fourth day to completely change the whole structure of the game, um, which Australia were, were totally dominating. But it was great. In Cape Town, he made... Um, again, he, his impact, as you say, was extraordinary. I mean, that, it was a very, very flat pitch. England were running out of time. Dom Sibley made 100 in the second innings from 311 balls. And Stokes came in and made 70, having made 40 at a run of ball in the first innings, came in and made 70 or 40 balls in order to set up the declaration and, and then took the last three wickets or three of the last four wickets to win the test match. Um, and, you know, he, he was everywhere. He was catching the ball and, you know, he was running people out. He was taking wickets. He was scoring runs in both innings. Glorious. And called brilliantly towards the end by Guy Swindles as well on Talksport too. It was a phenomenal. England were one 0 down in that series, yeah. by the way, weren't they? So it wasn't like it was a, you know, three one up against a, <laughs> a, you know, a team, you know, kind of giving up the ghost. It was uh, very much series alive. Let's finish up though. We haven't really talked too much about India. Uh, where are they? Um, I mean, we've had two very sporting pitches, haven't we, for all of our talk prior to the series about these, you know. Joe Root taking five wickets on day one kind of <laughs> kind of pitches. It hasn't played out like that. If if we are expecting a, a, another good pitch, maybe a truer surface, maybe, right? How do you assess the strengths when you consider where India are um, as opposed to England's going into this third test match? All the pressure's on India. Um, you know, that I hate using the word pressure. Um, Expectation. The, all of the weight of expectation is on India, more than we could ever possibly have imagined. And it's not just because of the scoreline. It's because of the, the, the pressure, um, the, and I do mean pressure, on the personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, so much depends on Jadeja and Ashwin. 
uh, if the um, Jadeja is now fit, as I said at the very beginning. Um, but England just play with this glorious freedom, I and mean, they've got you know they, they've dropped. Well, sorry, they haven't selected Shoaib Bashir, and that is a difference. Um, but still, they're going in with two spinners with with um, five caps between them. Uh, and Rian Ahmed and, and Tom Hartley. Uh, and, and, yeah, but the, Stokes just says, you know what, I don't care if you go for 10 and over. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can go for 100 and not take a wicket because you could take three in your next over. And it's just this carefree, um, as opposed to careless uh, attitude, uh, where just go out and enjoy it, make memories. Uh, you know, it all sounded a bit cheesy um, when it, uh, initially when the whole concept of, of playing non-result orientated test cricket was first introduced we're kind of like oh well really what's the point in playing if you're not playing to win but i get it now and i understand it now and i think more and more people are understanding it yes they do care about the result but don't care about it it's like focusing on the finishing line halfway through a marathon don't think about the result just enjoy what you're doing and then care about the result when it comes along brilliant brilliant Uh, how much do you love test cricket yeah, <laughs> out of a hundred, uh, hundred and one. Good answer. Uh, Manners will be back. Uh, commentary from Talksport Two and Talksport three thirty in the morning on Thursday. Uh, simulcast on Talksport and of course via this wonderful uh, YouTube channel, Talksport Cricket YouTube channel. But uh, for now, that's it. Thanks for watching or listening to Following On. You've been listening to the Following On podcast from Talksport. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, for more cricket content, you can listen to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 every Tuesday evening as Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winners Steve Harmison debate the biggest stories with a host of big names. And if you want to send us a question to a member of the TalkSport team, you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS and we'll answer your question on the next podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Following On. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.